blessing. That's powerful. She held him in the beginning, but at the end, he held her, didn't he? That's good. I appreciate that. That was a great blessing. If you would, um, open your precious Bible to the book of Psalm tonight, and we're going to look, we're going to start in uh, Psalm 41. Psalm 41. Powerful song. Before I start preaching tonight, I want to uh, just go over a few things. The uh, this Saturday the parade starts at noon, and uh, we had a good group sign up back there. If you haven't signed up yet, please do. You haven't signed up, and you can't sign up, and you can be here on Saturday. We want you to come. Um, we're going to try to meet here at 1045 at the church, and we'll get bags ready and put all the candy in there, put tracks in there, put these in there so folks will know what we've got going on for Christmas. And uh, so I want to remind you, please be a part of that. Uh, it's going to be a great time. I don't know what the weather. I'm sure it's going to be comfortable. Last year it was warm. I don't know um, what it's going to be like this year, but uh, I know the mornings are going to be chilly this week, and it gets warm throughout the day, but I haven't checked specifically Saturday, so, but you be here, we're going to have a great time, and um, if you can't walk, that's fine, we can ride, we'll have a trailer uh, that can seat quite a few people, and uh, we'll look forward to that. If we get enough on there, maybe we could even sing Christmas carols, I don't know, we'll see what happens. I can tell all of you are excited about that. And then uh, I want to remind you, I didn't mention this this morning, but the teenagers are going to be having, the edges are going to have the Christmas party with the teenagers. So you need to be here Saturday at 4 o'clock. How many of y'all like hibachi? You teenagers like hibachi? Well, I do too, so I've been invited. I'm coming. Me and Laura's coming. And they're going to cook their own hibachi, am I right? Now look here, young people, you can't burn the church down, amen? <laughs> but y'all are going to have some fun. And uh, so that's going to be at 4 o'clock on Saturday. So parents, I I'll just tell you what I would do. I'd make them come. Yeah. I'd make them come. It, they'll, they'll enjoy it. They'll appreciate it. They might not like it for, at the moment, but they'll enjoy it later. And uh, I know that would be, be a great help to them. And how many of you, can I ask y'all a question? How many of y'all was made to go to church? Would you raise your hand? How many of you was made to go to the activities? How many of you do you felt like it hurt you? No. Not a one. We have this prevalent attitude today. Well, if we make them do it. Well, it's funny. We, we make them go to school. That's right. And school's important. No doubt about it, they need to learn to read and write, but I'm telling you what, I think it's important for them to fellowship with God's people, and they need to start that young. By the way, I was a teenage boy, I didn't like going to that stuff. I really didn't. I didn't like going to it. And, uh, but I, I, through the years, I realized how important it is. So teenagers, 4 o'clock Saturday, you're going to have a great time. Then also, let me remind you, on the 10th is a children's play. And remember, all the children that are going to participate in that needs to be here for Sunday school that day. And so please keep that in mind. With that also being said, the tree ornaments need to be um, filled out and with the children. But also, um, 
Miss Brandy and Brother Eric made sure I was, and I appreciate that. And y'all was supposed to remind me again tonight. I'm just glad I just remembered. But uh, we also have, we always try to be a blessing to our widows and widowers, the folks that we go and sing to. And so there's also ornaments back there in the back that you can buy a 10 to $15 gift. That's for our widows or our widowers. We're going to go take them when we Christmas carol to them. So we definitely need those picked up and going, went ahead and just, uh, let's go ahead and get those taken care of, get those back in here, get with Miss Brandy if you have any questions about that. Uh, we always make up a nice gift for those folks as we go and sing to them. So this will be part of that. So that is also back there. And so keep that in mind. And then with that, remember, ladies, you have a Christmas party next Tuesday, and that's going to be on the 14th at, uh, or no, the 12th at Miss Kyla's house. And so y'all will meet here about 6.15 and then go up there to her home. And I know um, she'll put a lot of effort in that. I know Brother Jimmy will be putting a lot of effort in that. And uh, they'll fix their house up real festive and Christmassy. And so, ladies, you don't want to miss it. Be there. And uh, y'all are going to have a great time. Are y'all exchanging gifts or anything? Doing anything like that this year? If they want to participate in that, is it the, like the Secret Santa thing? Kind of like that. So if y'all want to be a little naughty, y'all can be a little naughty that night, all right? And so y'all come on up for that. And then Christmas Carol. Now, I can't press this enough. Just really, to be honest with you, the whole church needs to show up for this. Now, I don't know how we're going to get everybody there, but we'll try. And uh, I'm telling you, that's how important this is to those folks. I think it would be important, us going up to Black Creek, going up there and Christmas caroling to folks. And uh, I'm excited about it. So this is really the first year we're, we're doing that in a while. And so then the Coles have graciously opened up their home um, to come and have hot chocolate and refreshments there with them. And they have a beautiful home, and uh, we're going to look forward to all of that. So that's going to be on Thursday, December the 14th at 6 o'clock. So be here sharply at 6, and we're going to get split up and leave very soon thereafter. And then please, please remember our cantata, all right? And I want you to be working on getting folks to come out to that. It's going to be a great night. Invite your family, invite your coworkers, invite your friends, and this will be a great evening. Psalm 41, I started a little thought this morning on just as for me. As for me, David, uh, seven times in his psalms that he wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, he wrote, as for me. And, you know, we understand that this, what he's saying here is, he's basically saying, you know, uh, I don't know what you're going to choose. I don't know what others are going to do. But he said, as for me. In other words, he's fixed. He has some governing principles uh, that is guiding his life. There's some guiding principles, but as for me. Now, I know in this day it's kind of frowned upon to be dogmatic about things, but church, you know as well as I do, you have to be dogmatic about spiritual things. You have to be dogmatic. You have to be, as they mentioned earlier today, I think it was in the Sunday school lesson, we have to be unmovable. We have to be steadfast. We have to always be abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So we have to be settled and we, we realize that it's very important that all of us need governing principles in our lives and we, they should be fixed and they should be firm. They should never waver. By the way, God's word is always the same. Uh, if his promise was true 1,400 years ago, it's true today. And so we understand David said, 
said, but as for me. This is where, in other words, here's what he said. Here's where I stand. Now, we talked about several of these. Number one, we talked about in uh, Psalm 5, verse 7. He said, I'm going to, as for me, I'm going to stay consecrated to the Lord. I'm going to stay faithful to him. No matter what else is going on, no matter who is it, I'm going to stay faithful to him. I'm going to stay faithful to his house. I'm going to stay faithful to worship him. I'm going to stay faithful in fearing him. And then we see that he said, I'm going to, as for me, I'm going to conduct myself for him. We read that in Psalm 26. He said, as for me, he's going to be thankful. And again, he's going to be grateful that he's able to go to the Lord's house. And he's going to, be, he's going to do right. He's going to do good in this wicked world. That's what he said, as for me. He said, I want to conduct myself for the Lord. Then, this was the convicting one to me, in Psalm 35, he told us that as for him, he was going to have concern for others, even if they didn't have concern for him. And as I read that passage of scripture, I told you, I shared it with you, I got under such conviction that I had to walk away from my desk. Because I know there's been moments in my life I've not let the Holy Spirit of God, I've not yielded to Him, and I've not, I've not had concern for people that I should. And we understand. Let's just turn there again. I think that, just again, Psalm 35, verse 11. Here's what David said. He said, false witnesses did rise up. They laid to my charge things that I knew not. In other words, he said, look, these people have lied about me. They've Look, they've said some things that aren't even true. He said, they, they're not even things I even knew of. He said, I'm sinless of this. Then he said, verse 12, they rewarded me evil for good. Now, can you imagine trying to do something good for people? And they turn right around and do something evil back to you. That's what David said. He said, they did. I did good unto them, but yet they did evil to, rep, to, to respond to my love, to my goodness. And he says in verse 13, but as for me, here's where his governing principle was. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. Listen to me, church. That is being led of the Spirit of God. That's being spiritual. And I said this this morning. We're never going to respond. That's not our first response to someone that's mean to us. That's not our first response uh, when someone has talked bad about us. No, what do we want to do? We want to get even or we want to let them have it. But David said, no, but as for me, I'm going to be humbled as a child and even my enemies, I'm going to care about them. Now, I know that's, that's easy for me to say. That's a totally different level of Christian life to live. And I'm just telling you, you'll never do that without being yielded to the Spirit of God. You'll never do it. You'll never do it. You'll never feel that. And by the way, you'll think somebody else doing that is weird. If you're not being led of God, you'll look at someone like and say, they're weak. No, David was not weak. He was a warrior, yet he said, I, I humbled myself my own soul fasting. He said, I prayed for them. Even though they rewarded my evil for good. Even though they lied about me. Notice in verse 14, he said, I behaved myself as though he had been my friend or my brother. In other words, he said, look, they might have treated me like an enemy, but I tried to love them and treat them like a family member. That's spiritual church. I don't know about you, but I think the church just needs a good revival and being led of the Spirit of God. 
yet he was Christ-like. I'll tell you what, I believe this is one of the greatest passages in all the Bible that someone shows Christ-likeness. David showed Christ-likeness. But as for me, I will even be concerned for my enemies. So we talked about that. Then look in Psalm 41 tonight. Psalm 41, let's just get right to the word, the verse. Verse 12 is the verse, but I'll give you a little bit of context. Here's what David says. And as for me, thou upholdest me in mine integrity and settest me before thy face forever. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting and to everlasting. Amen and amen. Now I want you to notice the context of this. If you'll read the verses previous to this, look at verse 7. All that hate me whisper together against me. Against me do they devise my hurt. An evil disease, say they, cleaveth fast unto him. And now that he lieth, he shall rise up no more. Yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. So here we go again. David is dealing with another subject of where he's in trouble and he's in trouble with people that should have been his friend. Someone that he had confidence in. By the way, as we continue to study the life of David, there's many that turned their back on David. Cushai was one. Hey, his own son Absalom rebelled against him. So when someone writes that, hey, my own family or, or someone that I had loved turned on me, David understood that. The Bible says in verse 10, But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me and raise me up that I may requiet them. In other words, say, Lord, don't let me do the fighting. Don't let me do the battle. He said, I'm going to leave this in your hand. You're going to take care of it, and you're going to avenge me. Then he says, by this I know that thou thou favorest me because mine enemy doth not triumph over me. So he said, look, I'm going to leave all that to you. And while I'm leaving all that to you, notice what he says in verse 12. And as for me, thou upholdest me in mine integrity and settest me before thy face forever. You know what he's basically saying here? I don't know about anybody else. But he says, as for me, I'm just going to have confidence in the Lord and I'm not going to have confidence in everything else. I think it's a good guiding principle in our lives tonight that we better get to the place in our lives where we better start having confidence in the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. Look, there are people that I have confidence in. I have confidence in our church as a whole. I have confidence in people in my family. I have confidence in people. But I want you to know something. People has failed me and people will fail me and I have failed some. Uh, That's not my desire and it's not my desire in the future but we are limited and there are times we're going to fail one another and so when we live a life in confidence in God we won't get so blown off course when someone fails us. We're having confidence in Him. In this old wicked world oh listen to me Oh, that we live by faith. Y'all ready? Not by emotion. Oh, that we live by faith and not by emotion. By the way, I had this conversation with someone the other day. Two things that I pulled from it. Number one, when you're reading the Word of God, make sure you're reading in context. Make sure you're reading the Bible in context. There are, there's, look here, there's religions all around this world that will take one or two verses out of context and build a whole religion on them. Right. 
And that's not even what that verse means. It's not what it means. By the way, we need to know who, what that particular verse is speaking to, who Jesus is speaking to. Why is he talking to them? By the way, if he was speaking to the Pharisees, he would speak to the Pharisees different than he would a sinner. He spoke differently with them. He wouldn't go up to the woman at the well and say, Oh, ye white and sepulchre. No, he called the Pharisees that. Why? Because he knew their hearts. He knew how evil they were. He knew how corrupt they were. So two things. This is a teaching lesson tonight. Us having confidence in the Lord, not in our emotion. Number one, make sure that you're always reading the Bible in context. It's important. Number two, trust his promise, not your feelings. Now, you say, Pastor Mark, why do you say that? That's hard to do sometimes. Because you know what? We're emotional beings. We really are. And by the way, God made us that way. We're supposed to have emotions. There's times I cry. There's times I'm happy. There's times that I'm confused. There's times that I understand. We have emotions. There's times I'm lonely. There's times I'm sad. There's sometimes I'm aggravated. There's sometimes I'm bored. I mean, we, we understand the emotions. Sometimes I'm mad. Sometimes I'm tender. Sometimes I'm rough. Sometimes I'm irritable. Look, we're all moody. Can somebody say, y'all are looking at me like, oh, keep going, pastor. How many of you know y'all are like that too? We're all people. We all have emotions. But you know what gets us in trouble? When we start making choices by our emotions. For instance, can I just give y'all a perfect example of that? This is one that I've thought of, and, and someone shared it with me one day. I'm like, man, that's a... Y'all remember back in the Old Testament that Isaac was going to bless his two sons. And he was going to give his oldest son, which should have gotten the birthright. Esau should have gotten the birthright. But the Bible said Jacob stole his birthright with the help of his mother. Well, how did that all go down? Well, Isaac was blind. And so when he heard, the mother heard that he was going to bless Esau, he told Esau to go out and kill a deer, fix him some pottage. He said, when you bring it back, when you go out and kill that deer and you bring me the food and you fix that food, I will give you the blessing. Well, Jacob's mother heard it. Well, she loved Jacob more than Esau. She favored Jacob. So what did she tell him? She said, hey, we got to go in here. we got to make you a meal. And you got to go in here and trick your dad. How did they trick him? Well, Isaac was blind. He couldn't see well. So what did she do? She put a bunch of fur on Jacob's body because the Bible said Esau was a hairy man. So he went in and he acted like he was Esau. And Isaac said something that's powerful. Here's what he said. He said, come here, son, let me touch you. He came over and he touched him. He felt the hair. He said, well, you feel like my son Esau, but I hear the word of my son Jacob. You know what he did? He blessed him anyway. Why? He didn't listen to the word and he trusted his feeling. And you know what we do all the time? We've got his word right here. And many times, the reason you say, Pastor, why are you so passionate? Because you know what? My feelings get in the way a lot of times too. And it's the hard way. I've got to say, Lord, help me to put that emotion down and trust your word. You say, Pastor Mark, it doesn't feel like it's true at that moment. I know. Trust it anyway. Trust the word. Amen? Amen? Don't live by emotions. We have to have confidence 
in the Lord. Do you know why I get frustrated? I get aggravated. Boy, I watch the news, I get aggravated. But you know what? I get calmed down. Why? Because here's the truth. Are y'all ready for the truth? There's no point in me getting up all up in a tizzy and ruining my day and ruining everybody else's day and being an old grouch all day long because listen at me, I know the end. I see so many people that get so tore up over the way our country is. Well, look, any nation that, re, that, that refuses to serve God, it's a wonder we're not worse than what we are. What's the, what is the, uh, what's the, what's the uh, answer to it all? Well, I'll tell you right now, we need to go up and storm Washington. No, that's not the answer. We need to storm heaven. Every problem in our nation is a spiritual one. Amen. Everyone. How many of y'all believe that? I believe it. Everyone. I'm going to tell you what. What needs to happen if we want to see our nation change, we need to have confidence in the Lord and we need to do what the Lord says. What's the Lord? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm so frustrated. I'm just going to quit church. Okay. Well, that's the answer to it. No. What you and I just did there is we're trusting our feelings we're trusting what we think, and we're not trusting the Lord. Last time I checked, we're on the winning side. Last time I checked, every knee and every tongue that doesn't confess Jesus Christ will. Last time I checked, he's got the whole world in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hand. How many of y'all believe that? The pastor don't feel like it going up here to the gas pumps and paying $2.75 cents. I agree. But I'm just going to trust him. I have confidence in the Lord. I want to trust his word. That's what David said. David said, man, it's bleak around me. All these people are devising. My son's rebelled against me. This don't look good, God. I'm telling you right now, I feel like they're conspiring against me. He said, I've got the hounds of hell after me. But he said, here's what I'm going to do. Most people are trying to tell me that I need to fear and I need to worry. And by the way, all of his counselors were giving him all of their opinions, what he ought to do. But he said, as for me, Lord, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to have confidence in you. I think that's some pretty good guiding principles for our life. Wouldn't you agree? I think it's a pretty good day when we wake up in the morning and we've had confidence in the Lord that whole day. I think that's a pretty good day if we will live our life having confidence in the Lord. As for me, I want to have confidence in the Lord. I don't want to live by my feelings, by my emotion. Trusting Him, not fretting. Why? Because at the end of the day, he's worthy of our trust. How many of you ever been in a mess? You ever been in a mess and, and, and you've been in the middle of your storm and you honest, listen to me, you honest to the Lord, you never thought you'd make it through it. I've been there. And I'm going to be honest with you, I wanted to die. Physically die. I, the pain... And we've all had things like this. We get into storms, get into things in life. We want to die. We, we, Lord, by the way, David said, he said if he was a bird, he'd just fly away. Let's just get down to the nitty gritty. There's times, man, our feelings, we get so hurt and we get so heavy with a load of maybe it's sin. Maybe it's our fault. Maybe it's something we've created, we've done. The Bible says sin brings death. 
Maybe it's someone else that we love has sinned and it's brought death. Whatever the case, we get into these problems, we get into these messes, and then we think, Lord, I'll never make it through. We think we're going to die. But you know what's amazing? Just hang on to him. Guess what? We're all still here. And I don't know about you, but I'm still here. He helped me make it through. Amen. He's helped you make it through, and he will continue to help you make it through. But we have to have confidence in the Lord. As for me, David said, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to have confidence in the Lord, not in my emotions. And then quickly, I want to just show the other two. Psalm 69. Quickly turn there. Psalm 69. Here's another one. And actually, we could put these together. I'll read both of them. I'll read Psalm 17, 15 first. Psalm 17, 15 is the other one where we see David said, as for me. Verse 15, he says, as for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Now, if you want, hold your place there because I'm going to come back. I'm going to close with that one. Because that's probably not quite what you think, what he's talking about there. He says, but as for me. Now notice in Psalm 69, the Bible says this, Psalm, uh, David writing this psalm. Psalm 69, verse 113, or verse um, 13. Here's what the Bible says. But as for me, my prayer is unto thee, O Lord, in an acceptable time, O God, in the multitude of, of thy mercy, hear me in the truth, Of thy salvation. Now, to get in context of that verse, why he's saying, but as for me. You have to get, why does he have that governing principle? Well, notice what he says in verse 8. I am become a stranger unto my brethren, and an alien unto my mother's children. For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. So now he's talking about, All the trouble that he's going through because of his house, his own family, and his sin. Remember when God said to him through David, he said, Because you've done this, the sin will never depart from your house. The sword will never depart from your house. Remember when Samuel looked at him or the prophet looked at him, Nathan, and said, Because you've done this thing, the sword will never depart from your home. So we know that David lived a troubled family life. He had a daughter that was raped by his own son. He had his own son that had killed his brother. He had such trouble and turmoil in his family. So he's going through it here. He's saying, even in my own family, there's turmoil. Look at verse 10. When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that was to my reproach. I made sackcloth also my garment, and I became proverb to them. They that sit in the gate speak against me, and I was the song of the drunkards. In other words, the drunkards were were making fun of me. So the context of this passage is right here. But as for me, my prayer is unto thee, O Lord, in an acceptable time, O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me in the truth of thy salvation. You know what he said? But as for me, no matter how bad it is, whatever I've gone through, here's what he said. But as for me, I'm just going to hope in you. You know what everybody needs? Hope. You know what everybody needs in the storms of this life that are temporary? You need to know that they're going to end. For instance, I remember both of my children, Clay and Kaylee, when they went to Lewisburg Baptist Academy, I remember Brother Romy Comer. This is Brother Jonathan's father. Just a dear saint of God. I love Brother Romy. 
just country as cornbread. He spent his whole life in bus ministry. Love Brother Romy. And he was there. And I was so thankful that my children was able to be influenced for him by him by several years. And here was Brother Romy's favorite saying. He'd look at you and say, well, this too shall pass. Now, I don't know about y'all. We don't like hearing that at certain times. You know why? Because it doesn't seem like someone's sympathizing with us. Because we like people to sympathize with us. Normally we don't like for people to tell us to get over it. And that's a very polite way of him saying to people, you know what? Yeah, I know you're fretting over it. I know you're struggling with it. But hey, let me remind you of this. This too shall pass. Do you know in our temporary world and in our physical world, we need to have hope that it's going to get better. And by the way, it will. We have hope. We have hope. We know temporarily we have hope. By the way, we know David knew that it was going to get better. By the way, he got through his storms. He got through his dark nights. But he said, as for me, I'm going to hope in the Lord. He will deliver me. By the way, he did. And by the way, he has us too. So I don't know what you're going through tonight. I don't know what all you're dealing with tonight. But I want to give you some hope. But as for me, I want you to know in his timing... In God's way, he's going to see you through it. You have hope. He's never going to forsake you. He's never going to let you down. He's never going to deny you. He's never going to reject you. He's never going to look at you and say, you're not important to me. I have hope. I have hope that the Lord loves me. I have hope and knowing that no matter how bad it is, I know that my best interest is in his mind. Do you all know that? You know what encourages me? I love to be around people that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt their best interest in mind is mine. You know what I mean by that? By the way, you get around people from time to time and, and you question people's motives. Well, why are they doing that? Some people do it because that's what they want to do. Some people might be doing something because that's what they're supposed to do. Hey, some people might be coming to you because they have some ulterior motive. Do y'all do that? I know I'm probably wrong, but I judge sometimes people's motives. By the way, I think you should. Because if you're judging other people's motives, you're making sure yours is right. I'm going to be honest with you. You know why? We have hope in the Lord. I'm going to tell you why. I know this beyond a shadow of a doubt. If I don't know anything else, I know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he has my best interest in mind. I know he has my best. Sometimes in my life I have questioned, does that person, is that person really saying that because of my best, best interest in mind or their best interest in mind? I was talking to someone the other day. I, I wanted to make it clear because I'd never had this happen before. I was preaching years ago right here behind this pulpit on a Sunday morning and I made this statement because I mean it. I love you. I love the people that God's brought here. And I'm going to be honest with you, I love you more than just being selfish to myself. Now I've learned this through years this isn't something that I would have gotten in the ministry and said, man, this is going to be a real problem. But I had to have this conversation with someone the other day. But there was years ago that I got up on a Sunday morning. I said, listen, I love all of you here, and I am so glad that you're here. But I said, I also love you enough 
that if you're not growing here, I love you enough not to stand in your way to go somewhere where you can grow more. Do y'all understand that statement? Because let me help y'all in the pastor's world. Let me let, me, let, me let y'all into the pastor's world just a little bit, and this is true, because I is one. Sometimes pastors are motivated by their selfish motives. For instance, someone might come in and say, Pastor, I just want you to know I've gotten a new job and I'm going to have to move and it's 45 minutes away and I'm going to have to leave the church. I have seen pastors rip those people, make them feel horrible because they have to leave the church and basically tell them they're all but wrong with God because they're leaving the church. And I'm sitting there going, no, they just have to leave because they got a job and they can't drive here. And I love you enough that if, now look, nobody needs to get to moving now. But I love you enough that if you live an hour away and you can't grow and be active in this church, I would be the first to tell you for your spiritual life to go somewhere where you can grow and you can be active. That's not being selfish. My selfishness says, no, you stay here. Do you understand? So I made that statement on a Sunday, and I'm never in my life. I got a phone call three days later. I'll tell you right now, I ain't never had a pastor told me to leave. I said, well, you still ain't had one. Because that's not what I said. How many of y'all understood what I just said? I think it's very important. You know why? Because my motive in saying that was not, if I wanted to be selfish, nobody better move. Bless God, y'all need to stay right here. I don't care what it does to your children. I don't care if you don't get them home to 1130 at night. Bless God, you need to be right with God and stay here. Listen to me. That's selfish. And that wouldn't take me long to figure out, well, that pastor ain't got my best interest in mind. And like I said a moment ago, we're all human. And by the way, we all struggle at times. But I want y'all to know, we, I can hope in the Lord because there's never been a time that His motive for me has ever been wrong. And that gives me great confidence that I can hope in Him in every situation. Does that click? Number two, he also said, as for me, I can hope in the Lord not for just the temporary things, but he said, you know what? I can hope in the Lord forever. Look at Psalm 17 again. I love this verse. The Bible says here in Psalm 17, verse 15, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. You know what he's talking about? When he dies. That's what he's talking about. He said, but as for me, it doesn't matter what I was going on in this world. Here after a while, when I pass, I'm going to be completely satisfied because I am going to awake and I'm going to be just like him because I'm going to have my new body. Amen. Now, I don't know about y'all. We have hope. You know what? I've learned this about people. Sometimes the difference in someone's life is just to know that there's hope. Brother Jimmy, can I encourage you just a minute? You know what? Encur- My wife and I dreamed all night long. We dreamed all night long. I was in Arizona with you, serving out there, 
trying to counsel them guys. I was. Now, my wife had a different kind of dream in that area, but we dreamed about it all night long. We woke up the next morning, and me and Laura was like, man, I said, I dreamed crazy dreams. I said, I was in Arizona with Jimmy all week, all night. And man, I will be honest, you don't know what was said. Here's what encouraged me. And it, I don't know who else was there, but it was a bittersweet thing for Laura and I. As you know, many years ago, we tried to help her brother. This church tried to help her brother. And we got him to come here, and he went to Teen Challenge. But within two months, he got out. Broke our hearts. So we went down the other day, and by the way, Roy was right on the precipice of being too old to be in the program. They accepted him, but he was right there. So we went down there the other day, and man, my wife and I, we was just encouraged because, man, Brother Jimmy, you've given me hope. You have. The Lord that's worked in your heart has given me hope. You know what the man said that was over the whole me over the whole thing? He said, Brother Jimmy, you are only the second man. You are the second oldest man in this program of all time that has completed it. Y'all know what that did for me? That gave me hope. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if God can be good and give Jimmy Horton from Chattanooga, Tennessee the desire and the will and the yieldness to him to finish and to continue to finish. And by the way, you go to Arizona, you ask for me, you're going to stick to the Lord. You're not going to bow. You're not going to change. You're not going to give in. You're not going to give up. You're going to stay with him. And you know what I've learned about some people? All we need to know is there's hope. And I got news for everyone over here tonight. We've got hope. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. As long as there's breath, there's hope. Let's stand to our feet. As for me. As for me. I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you've done. I don't care how many times you've tried. There's always hope. As for me. How about y'all? As for me, I'm gonna be just I'm gonna try as for me just like David. I'm just gonna trust him. How about y'all? As for me, how many of y'all gonna be like David saying, We're just gonna hope in him? Because hereafter a while I'm gonna lay all this down. When I wake up in glory, it will be worth it all. It will be Worth it all when we see Jesus. One look glimpse of his dear face. All sorrow will erase. I can't remember the words, but y'all know what I'm trying to say. And if I was younger, I'd be really red. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. How many of you was in the darkest of your days, but God met with you? He gave you hope. You didn't think he was going to make it, but he delivered you.
He sustains you. He helps you. As the song we sung tonight, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. God help us, amen. As for me. How many of you know the Lord spoke to your heart about something tonight? Would you raise your hand? God help us. If you'd like to come, the altar's open. She's going to play. Why don't you come, settle it with the Lord, whatever it might be. some governing principles in our life. Stand firm on them. Not arrogant, but firm. Give us that dogmatic love and spirit for you. And Lord, we know we're living in wolf country. We know we live in a wicked world. And so, Lord, I pray you'll help us. Strengthen all of us. Lord, thank you for the hope that you give. Thank, thank you. That I'm thankful that we can have confidence in you because we know that our best interest is in your mind. We don't doubt it. So I pray you'll help us, strengthen us, and encourage us tonight. We'll thank you for what you do. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Make sure you sign up for the parade back there, please. God bless you. We will see you Wednesday night, if not sooner. And remember the parade on Saturday. Amen.